0: This episode is brought to you by CEP Compression Australia. CEP Compression Apparel gives the user more energy, greater endurance and enhanced performance during activities. Welcome to the Local Legends in Running podcast, where you hear the stories from local legends of Australian running that you've simply always wanted to hear. Today in episode 19, I interview Gold Coast and Brisbane runner Liam Boudin. Liam burst onto the running scene as a young adult back in 2016 after graduating from Brisbane School of Villanova College. It hasn't always been a smooth sailing for Liam. He has faced his face is setbacks both off and on the running track, so to speak. Liam discusses honestly the fact that he was a late bloomer, literally continuing to grow taller all the way through to the age of 22. During this time and after, he has faced several stress fracture-related injuries. Fortunately, Liam has almost been injury-free over the last year or so, and as a result, of his hard and consistent training with the Gold Coast Co, he has seen major wins, including the recent Bridge to Brisbane 10K. So as always, kick back, relax, and enjoy hearing about Liam's Bridge to Brisbane win, his injury setbacks, and more recently, his training successes as a high-performing Gold Coast Runco runner. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problems at all. I'm really excited for this one, particularly um, to talk about your Bridge to Brisbane win uh, just on the weekend mm-hmm. gone. Uh, but let's start with today. Like, have you gone out for a long run this morning? Is that a usual Sunday thing for Liam?
1: Yeah, Sunday mornings are. So when I'm not racing, it's yeah generally sort of 90 minutes on an easier Sunday up to about two hours. So this morning was, was two hours just around uh, Kangaroo Point, sort of through Newstead, New Farm. Um, And then back sort of over the Story Bridge. Yeah, so usual long run this morning.
0: Yeah, right. So tell me, are you living at the Gold Coast or are you in Brisbane? Um, So I've
1: been living in Brisbane for the past six months and I'm actually moving back down the coast. Um, I'll probably head back tonight. So I signed the lease this week. So I'll be back living down there um, as
0: of tomorrow. Oh, right. So you're sort of uh, in between both Brisbane and the Goldie with training?
1: Yeah. So I actually, I worked down the coast at Southport. So sort of the Northern side of the coast, um, then got the family home, um, South side of Brisbane. So I've been kind of commuting to and from every day, which is not ideal. Um, I was trying to get a, um, a, a rental earlier in the year, but it was a bit of a nightmare down the coast. Um, but yeah, finally got one and it'll be a little bit more settled. Um, yeah. From tomorrow. So no more, no more commuting.
0: Oh, that's good news, hey. So uh, where do you run around Brisbane for your long runs if you're here along the river usually? Yeah, generally I sort of park up uh, at the top of Kangaroo Point stairs um, and
1: then sort of head across the Story Bridge and then down by our sort of new farm, Newstead, um, and then out sort of along Kingsford Smith Drive and then sort of head back. So it's, it's a nice loop, um, sort of go along the river and then um, back sort of through South Bank on the way back. Generally oh, that's yeah. sort of
0: a standard Sunday. Yeah, it's a pretty flat loop though, isn't it? How do you get your hills in there? Generally, there's a bit of a hill up to Sorry Bridge though. Yeah, it's, it's pretty flat,
1: um, which I don't mind to be honest when I'm doing a lot of racing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Particularly, yeah, when it's sort of high volume as well, like the, the legs are a bit knocked around by the time Sunday morning rocks around. So, I don't mind having a sort of a, a flattish uh, long run to do. Yeah, what was your pace this morning? Close to four minutes? No, not that quick. No, I think it was about 425. So oh. yeah, kept it, kept it pretty cruisy. Um, yeah. The race on the weekend sort of knocked me around a bit. Um, the legs are still kind of trying to
0: recover. So yeah, just took it a little bit easier this morning, which is nice. Yeah. Let's get to that. Hey, um, I experienced the same thing. I was in the bridge to Brisbane myself about almost five minutes coming in after you at the finish line, but um, I still ran mm-hmm. the 10k over the hills. Have you found the recovery yes. this time around a bit longer than usual? Um, I haven't sort of had that that delay with soreness through my legs for a, a long time. Do you think it's the downhill perhaps in the bridge to Brisbane?
1: Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, like I've done a few 10Ks and halves this season and this one probably has taken the longest to get over. Um, I was all right sort of Monday and then Tuesday, uh, I tried to do a bit of a session, which I still manage, but my hamstrings and quads were, were definitely feeling it. Um, no doubt from the, the downhill running, you don't realise how sort of steep and long the back end of that gateway bridge is. Um, and then even like towards the finish line as well, that's a pretty wicked downhill. Um, and then you sort of stop quite abruptly at the end. So, yeah, the quads and, and ham- hamstrings are definitely working over time in that one.
0: They definitely are. Hey, do you think the downhill is actually steeper than the uphill at the start? Do you think the gateway is like perfectly symmetrical. It literally felt steeper down than up. I think it is, yeah. I,
1: I don't remember exactly where I read it, but I'm pretty sure one of the sides, it might be from north to south, it's actually steeper. So when we were going downhill, I think it is a little bit steeper than actually going up it. Um, and yeah, I I definitely was like, not um, going easy on that downhill. And you you sort of felt it as well. I imagine most um, runners still on the weekend when you sort of, you go up and then down and then sort of you get to 3Ks and you you get to that first flat section and your legs are just, yeah, feel like cement. It's hard to kind of get back into a
0: rhythm. Yes. Let's talk about the race from start to finish uh, a bit more formally then. You're in at 28.52. It's your first win of Bridge to Brisbane, isn't it? It
1: is, yeah. I've actually never been on the podium before. Um, oh, okay. So, yeah. Yeah, I've done it a
0: few times. But, um, yeah, that was the first to, to get on the podium and then get the win. So,
1: was, yeah, pretty cool
0: race. Yeah, congratulations on that. And, um, you know, to have that title of Bridge to Brisbane is is a really good one. It puts you like, you know, the, the local community in Brisbane really recognizes the race. And I think I saw you post something up about on Instagram or somewhere about some news about the Bridge to Brisbane. I think it was channel seven or something like that. So mm. like you just get that recognition, I think a bit more so than some of the other runs just being obviously Brisbane, Brisbane's biggest uh, fun run. So from, yeah, from start to finish, how, how'd you go? Oh, because I saw Jack Bruce out ahead of you in the first couple of K from behind. Um, mm-hmm. how did that, how that pan out with Jack too? Yeah. So sort of going into the race, I knew um,
1: Jack was obviously going to be the man to be Um we were sort of side by side up and down the bridge, um, and then Jack obviously he's quite a tall fellow. He was um he was definitely pushing the pace on the downhill, so I'll just try my best to um to keep up um, on the back end of that gateway. Um, but yeah, we were sort of side by side. I think up probably till about three and a half, maybe four k, um, and then I really felt the the bridge start to um take a bit of a toll on my legs, and he he sort of pulled away um probably yeah, just after four k because through the halfway mark he was definitely a good sort of thirty or forty meters in front, and he sort of stayed that way um for the next fifteen minutes. I thought he was um coming back a little bit maybe sort of through eight k um but then we went down the i c b down through that tunnel, and he's really good down down the hills, and I think he sort of he definitely held that gap or maybe slightly increased it and I thought it's going to be a tough get the last couple of Ks to try to reel in um, Jack. And he, he probably had about 10, 10 to 12 seconds on me at least, I think. Um, but then once I sort of saw that that 1K to go, Mark, I kind of just put my head down and just thought, I've got three minutes to hurt. Um, I'm just going to go for it. And then sort of um, managed to reel him in, thankfully, and and sort of overtook him that last maybe six 700.
0: Oh, wow. That's, that's tight at the end there. And were mm. you sort of was that a was that your ploy to, to sort of sit back on him and just let him have that gap for that period of time? Was there any thought to get Ron on his back and and take him over at some point
1: uh not really like i ideally I would have liked to have stayed with him um, the whole way It would have definitely made the last sort of fifteen hundred meters a little bit easier um, but when he started to pull away sort of four and a bit K in, I thought like if I sort of try to keep within there i might use up some of my um fuel towards the back end of the race so i kind of just tried to limit the damage and i don't think the gap got any more than maybe 50 meters um at any point um and i knew my sort of training as well i've been doing quite long sessions so i knew the back end of the race i was i was going to have something there it was a matter of just basically stemming that that bleeding, so to speak, and then just holding.
0: Yeah, so I've seen on um, Strava, your, I think it was your second fastest K, that last K at 2.45, and then I think that your second K was 2.44. Is that correct? I think so, yeah. I, I remember talking to Jack after the run,
1: and we definitely did go down the hill in a low 2.40. And then, yeah, I'm pretty sure my my last or second last K was just as quick, I think.
0: Yeah, okay, so definitely your second K quicker than your third where it kind of started to flatten out then, didn't it, on the third K? Yes, yeah, because I think it's about 1.1 up and then I
1: remember passing the, I think they did that um, like segment from the bottom of the bridge to the other side. It was about two and a half by the time it sort of flattened out on the other side. But yeah, I definitely felt that third or fourth K coming back onto Kingswood Smith was probably the toughest of the whole, the whole race trying to readjust to that pace.
0: Yeah, yeah, and find that rhythm again, hey? Mm, yep. Hey, so how was, who was at the end of the race there? Have you got a partner or family to that met you at the end of the finish line?
1: Yeah, so my girlfriend, uh, Jazz, she was in the race as well, so she came fifth in the uh, the women's event. Um, but I just had family tuning in by the, the live stream, um, but then I just had sort of um, family friends sort of at the finish line
0: waiting, which was nice. Awesome. And uh, how how have the Gold Coast Runco received it? You're still training with them, aren't you? I am, yeah. It's a little bit difficult
1: um, now that I'm sort of working full-time to kind of fit in group sessions. So I usually just get the sessions during the week um, remotely and we'll kind of just do that in the mornings um, on my own sort of schedule. And then Saturdays, I'll link up with the group um, down the coast and then we'll sort of train together.
0: Oh, awesome! Hey, there's been a few that have won it from Gold Coast Runco too. Hey, Jack Curran, I think in 2016, and maybe Jack Elliot, yeah. not um, too much further before that, 2015, I think.
1: Yeah, and then Tim Vincent last year as well. Oh, um, yes,
0: yeah, completely forgot. Yeah. him last year, yeah. So a bit of a yeah. legacy now from the Gold Coast Runco.
1: It is pretty nice to sort of keep the um the winning streak going, and I, I do remember last year's race. Um, watching Tim get all the accolades and, and the attention. And it was pretty special. Um, like we've both sort of grown up in Brisbane as well. And I definitely feel like the bridge to Brisbane is kind of Brisbane city, to surf. Um, you sort of get that, that attention and everyone sort of knows when the the race is on and, and sort of running over that iconic gateway bridge as well. So it was definitely a special one to win.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I remember them pumping up the whole uh, Bunnings that Tim works at Bunnings in the paper, which I thought was yep. just another story that, on top of his win for some reason, um, and I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. that wasn't your case because aren't you into law?
1: Yes, yeah, so I'm a solicitor. Yeah, so slightly different from from Tim's work, but um, a bit less exciting. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. And I didn't have to go to work after the race on the Sunday, so fortunately, I get the weekends off, which is nice.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, let's get into that stuff shortly. But basically, um, as per the previous guest, we'll run through some some of your. Uh, I, I guess things are into outside of running first, and then your your running biography. I've got uh, your World Athletics profile up here, and you sent through times as well. So we'll look at those along with some of your other uh, running achievements, some wins and podiums around, particularly I know in the in the southeast Queensland, so to speak, uh, region with those. Um, yeah. So how long have you been into to law? Are you sort of in your, your mid 20s now and been working for a number of years already with that?
1: Yeah. So I just turned 25. Um, So I started working full-time March last year. So I finished my like undergraduate degree end of 2020. And then when you study law, if you want to practice, you have to do like a practical legal course um, after that. So you can do it sort of six to nine months, depending if you go part-time or full-time. So I finished that um, sort of September, October last year. And then I was admitted um as a solicitor in november last year so sort of coming up to 12 months as my first year as a practicing solicitor now
0: oh that's excellent so where, how do you specify with the law i've got i've got um a few mates in law i just i never can work out exactly what they're doing with with their particular um <laughs> line of work so is there anything specific with that that you're doing
1: Ah, uh, so i work in a private practice at southport um So sort of like a multi-practice law firm. Our biggest um, aspect is probably property law or conveyancing. Um, But I work in an area called body corporate or strata law, which is quite a big area down the the Gold Coast. Um, So when you see all those high-rise buildings, they're all body corporates. Um, And like a sort of a a company or a corporation, you can actually um, represent that that building, so to speak. They can sue and be sued. So that's sort of the area I work. Um, And there's sort of aspects of of kind of commercial law as well, contract law. Um, yeah, it's sort of overflow. So it's a it's a nice variety of work and sort of a good range of skills
0: that I'm learning as well. Yeah, it definitely sounds interesting. Has it worked out pretty well with your running too? Pretty flexible for uh, morning and afternoon runs?
1: They are, yeah, super flexible. Um, it's a really young firm as well. And and I think living down the coast and and having a firm down base at the Gold Coast as well um, a lot of the, the solicitors and support staff are sort of into that sport um, lifestyle as well, whether it's sort of just going to the gym, running, cycling. Um, so super accommodating with my running as well. Um, in terms of training, I, like initially when I started full-time work March last year, it probably took a good three to four months, I think, for the body to adjust um, to sort of working long days and then trying to get running um, sessions done. Um, you sort of just felt really tired <laughs> lethargic all the time um, but now that I'm sort of used to it I've, I've kind of adapted and I think as well it's a lot easier kind of having the same hours each week you can kind of plan your sessions around it um, but I always find it easier. I'll do my my bigger sessions in the morning when I'm sort of fresh and then I'll just do my double run either on my lunch break or sort of after work as
0: well yeah that's excellent uh, that you can work around that I'm looking at an emoji a basketball emoji I think in your Your Zoom name here, is that something you're into, basketball?
1: (laughs) It is, yeah. I do quite enjoy watching the NBA. So I know that's starting up uh, next month. So I usually get the the NBA season pass and kind of watch too much basketball. But yeah, I'm sort of a fan. Can't play, but I like watching it. you ever never played back in the day. You dabble at all? Uh, Not really, no. I was always, I was a late bloomer, so I was, yeah, sort of, one of those kids that was always front row school photos um, and I was always quite small. And yeah, I I didn't want to kind of risk doing a knee or an ankle. So I've kind of, yeah, just resorted to watching uh, basketball.
0: Yeah. Right. Anything else you're into away from basketball and running then? What occupies your time?
1: Um, Not a lot, to be honest, like work and um, running takes up a lot of my time um now that I'll be living back down the coast I'll have a little bit more time sort of after work to do things but um because I've been sort of driving anywhere from 60 to an hour and a half sometimes it'll take me to get home after work I don't have a lot of spare time but on the weekends I do enjoy sort of just going out for um for coffees or lunch um and then just watching footy as well my family's all based in Melbourne so Oh. growing up big afl supporter as well um so it's in the the thrust of finals footy at the moment so really enjoying that
0: yeah you get into the thursday night match
1: i don't mind it it sort of makes the weekend feel a little bit closer um but then yeah if i try if it's a good game and i try to stay up i definitely feel a little bit more tired yeah. on the friday but yeah I, i'm definitely a fan of the
0: thursday nighters and you watch the lions on thursday night then
1: I did, yeah. That was, yeah, one of the best games I've seen. Um, I would have liked to have gone to it. My, um, my brother and his mates went to it. But, yeah, I was, I was definitely watching that. I didn't think they'd get over the top, but, yeah, exciting finish to see.
0: Oh, it was excellent. Um, hey, let, let's turn quickly back to running. Let's go through some of these times, hey?
1: Yep, sounds good.
0: Now, um, just tell me while we're here. So, Bridge to Brisbane, there's – always talk about it being short by a hundred or so meters. Like, do you have any information to confirm that? And then with that as well, like that doesn't actually feature on in your personal best. I'm pretty sure your 10K on here is 29.24.88, but you've broken 29 a few times, I think, average Bridge to Brisbane itself. No, that was actually
1: the first time I've run 28 something. Um, oh, it was? Okay. Yeah, I've been yeah I've been close a few times but that was the first time I've done yeah a high 28 um, that 2924 I think that was a that was Zatopec a few years back on the track that one yeah I, I'm not too sure I don't really have any information yeah. um, regarding the actual certification of the distance I know most people when they do sort of um, race it with their their watches the satellite and the GPS is usually pretty accurate for that 10k um, I wonder as well if it actually takes into account Um, the the gateway bridge itself, like climbing and then descending, or if it sort of measures it horizontally and sort of trims off a little bit of the distance there. Um, But I always thought it was sort of thereabouts, like relative to times, um, like for myself that I've raced previously, it's usually um, around that sort of 10K. So, yeah, I'll claim it anyway.
0: Yeah. So are we going to see it feature on your World Athletics profile then for that uh, Launceston 10K at 29.22? Do you think that will feature then? I don't think it will.
1: I usually think um, sometimes it's up to the actual race itself if they um, go to submit the times to World Athletics. Um, I think it's actually up to them whether they do that um, and it's not sort of automatic. And I know previously as well, I don't think Tim's time from last year featured on his profile as well. Um, so it'll sort of just be a word of mouth for that one, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, and just logged somewhere for you on on paper or uh, online or in, even in the head. <laughs> Definitely claim that one. Pretty much. Yeah. So yeah, from, from yeah. um 800 meters up, um, I'm just going to read your times here for the listeners. So one five four eight seven eight hundred. Is that correct? Yeah, I think I did that a
1: few years back.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Brizzy 2018. Uh, three four nine fifty in 2019. Again, a few years back. 3K or 3,000, yeah. shall we call it, on the track, 814.42, two years ago at CUSAC, 5,014.15.97 um, at Box Hill. And the 10,000, 29.24.88, 8, also at Box Hill, two years apart. Last year for the five, you, three years ago for the 10,000. Mm-hmm. And then the Noosa Bolt, that's interesting to have your 5 K road pb there with all the turns and the heat Mm. then last year that was really hot i heard at noosa yeah because it was yeah i think i do remember that one it was yeah because it's
1: usually sort of a 4 p.m start time and it's always quite hot sort of end of october um which kind of favors i think the the locals as well when guys from down south come they don't realize how hot and steamy queensland can get that time of year
0: yeah, yeah. And then obviously I read out the Launceston ten K 2922 and a half at Goldie. That was this year, wasn't it? 103 or 6338. Yeah, and then I did the um
1: the Sunny Coast one a few weeks after that and did 6302. So I don't think that one's come up yet. But yeah,
0: that's yeah, UB that was now. a new
1: PB as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've taken out the hill there too, essentially in the Sunny Coast half, haven't they? That's pretty flat now. Um, So they've kept the
1: hill. Um, I know last year when we sort of went um, south, we sort of went about 4k out and then came back. So we didn't pass the start finish line until about 7k in. Whereas this year you still go over the headlands, but once you sort of get to the other side, you turn around pretty quick and come back. So it's all sort of done and dusted within 4 k's, and then it's nice and flat for the rest of the run.
0: Yeah, I've seen it sort of extends past that, um, I forget the name of the road, it's sort of parallel to the river there, uh, travelling out west and then returning, doesn't it?
1: It does, yeah. It's a really nice course, that one, actually. Um, Pretty similar to the Gold Coast, I think.
0: Yeah, exactly. So where'd you place with the Goldie time and then also the Sunny Coast time, Lynn?
1: Uh, so I was fourth at the, the, Gold, the Gold Coast one, um, just off the podium, and then I managed to get third at the, the Sunny Coast one.
0: Yeah, right. Just remind us, who was in the podiums for both of those races? Uh, so
1: Brett Robinson won both. Um, Ed Goddard was second at the Gold Coast, and then Tim Vincent um, was third at the Goldie, and then Sam McEntee from Melbourne, he was second Um at the sunny coast. And then Jack was behind me in
0: fourth. Oh, uh, excellent. I've just got my wife asking for the car keys. I uh, don't have them <laughs> in here. They're not in here. Some more cropping to get done. Um, That's excellent. <laughs> so yeah, out of, out of all those times, which are you are happiest with? And the hardest thing too, is that those shorter runs like the eight and 15 uh, and even the three to a degree. You haven't done obviously too much of late. So are you sort of happiest most with? To me, it looks like that that half uh, is really where your strengths lie at the moment.
1: Yeah, I'd definitely say the half marathon. Um, yeah, the Gold Coast and the Sunny Coast over the last sort of six to eight weeks was probably my most satisfying one. Um, and then I think my training as well—it's sort of a little bit more tailored to that longer stuff. Um, and then as well, I, I do know I have a bit of room. Um, to move with the 10k both on the road and on the track Um, but yeah unfortunately injuries the last few years have kind of cut short my track season so I haven't really been able to do too many track races to lower those 3 and 5k times but yeah hopefully the next the next season I'll be able to um, take off some big chunks there
0: yeah definitely and hey any any races or achievements that aren't featuring in those pbs like I know you've gone up and done the jetty jetty a few times haven't you uh, any any other local races that you've podiumed or that you're really sort of happy with the results of?
1: Um yeah, sort of the, some of the local ones. Yeah, Jetty Jetty is always a fun one that I do. Um I think it's it's usually in between the Gold Coast and the the sunny coast, sort of mid July. Um, it's a nice, nice course, not super fast, but I think yeah, I think I did about sixty-four mid or high in that one. So that's always a fun one. Um I went to Mackay as well um just before I went to Launceston it was a really muggy um weekend in Mackay as well so that was a fun fun half to do um but yeah I think I think most of the the main events are sort of covered on that profile
0: yeah most definitely obviously Jetty Jetty for for the recreational runners is pretty popular but for guys like you is like do you enter these races knowing that there's a training mate or someone else that uh, you can sort of run with or do you kind of enter them just um, hoping for the best to get up there and try and get a win
1: uh, a bit of both um, I know like training with Gold Coast Runco now for the last few years we, we kind of we obviously know what races we are doing um, and we try to sort of spread it out a little bit as well um, to sort of cover all races but yeah I generally I generally know like who's going to rock up for most of the, the local races um, but those ones I'm not sort of um, tapering or backing off for so to speak I kind of just use it as a bit of a a training run in between those bigger ones but yeah I obviously like being up at the sort of pointy end and it it is nice to to have someone there to run with as well it can be a lonely sort of hour if you're just out there by yourself um, hitting the pavement on a half marathon on a Sunday morning
0: yeah I'm definitely sure of that hey uh, let's get to to where all this uh, running started hey so for you, yeah. So um, yeah, sorry. I'll, I'll just go ahead here um, to be more specific with that. So um, I just want to get an idea of where you grew up, and and then how the like how and when and why the running started. What sort of factors led led Liam into into the running world?
1: Yeah. So I I've grown up in Brisbane, um, suburb called Carindale my my whole life. Um, sort of started as. A lot of runners do, I think, at that age, particularly after the boom of the Sydney Olympics, um, mm-hmm. just little athletics. Um, so started as a, a youngster there. I think I might have been four or five years old. Um, and then did, yeah, did little A's for, I think, a good 10 years, eight to 10 years it would have been, um, sort of just trying all, all events as you do, both on the track and on the field as well. Um, but then once I sort of went to a, a private school, um, at grade five as well like the school sport in in those private schools is is there's so many options there and you can sort of progress from districts regional states and nationals um, and i was sort of fortunate enough in those formative years when you're sort of 10 11 you're kind of trying most sports so I was um sort of making those state teams as well and doing a little bit of traveling um, for cross-country and track and field events and I always love doing that. So it kind of just snowballed from there really. And I've just been um, running ever since.
0: Yeah. So you can't sort of put one thing down to that, that led you into it other than sort of getting into it and, and realizing that you're pretty good at it.
1: Uh, I don't think there was really any like one moment or, or watching any sort of one athlete win something. Um, I do have um, a couple of siblings an older and a younger brother and, I think um, my old brother, he was the first to sort of trial little A's and I sort of just followed suit. Um, but, yeah, it really was like I think I do remember in grade five when I was 10 and I sort of um, made a state cross-country team and travelled to Perth um, with dad and a few mates. And and just doing that I thought was was awesome. So that's when I kind of started to, to look around for some more um, structured coaching. And then, yeah, I've just um, sort of loved it since. But, yeah, there was no real... Um, defining moment so to speak it was kind of I just tried it and and I was sort of having a little bit of success early on Um, I was lucky enough to have that and I just love the traveling aspect and yeah kept going since
0: yeah definitely hey were mom and dad into running at all even jogging at that early stage
1: uh, dad was a little bit he was um more of a an all-rounder like he did some triathlons um a bit of swimming um but he was yeah Mostly rugby union, but he was, yeah, definitely a, a good all-rounder. And he, yeah, he was always the one sort of taking me um, to and from training before I was old enough to sort of make my way there uh, myself. Um, and then, yeah, mum was sort of a little bit of swimming and and netball, sort of more team sports. But, um, yeah, none of them were sort of that heavily involved in running. I sort of found it myself um, really in terms of my family. And, um, yeah, i have just sort of stuck at it.
0: Yeah, so where'd you go to school then, Liam? You mentioned a private school. I, I think I've heard of, of Villanova, is that correct?
1: Yes, yeah, Villanova College in Cooper.
0: Yeah, in the AIC competition. Oh, I used to be a Marist boy myself. So, yeah, we'd um, compete oh, against nice. Villanova. <laughs> uh, so yep. when, you, when you sort of got into that, those earlier years at Villanova, um, any races you recall that kind of started to put you on the, the local map or scene?
1: Um, not really. I do remember doing a lot of the ARC cross country ones and it was always held at Limestone Park. Um, so I do remember going out to, to, um, Ipswich on those Saturday mornings and sort of running up and down that heartbreak hill. I think they called it. Um, that's yes. I do recall fondly, um, those cross country days and having all your schoolmates there as well, lining up and cheering, cheering on was, was pretty exciting. Um, but like I said previously, I was sort of quite a late developer. Um, so early on sort of grade five and six, um, I was sort of up there in terms of doing well nationally. Um, and then a lot of the other, um, guys, my age was sort of starting to develop and sort of go through those, um, changes with, with puberty and testosterone. And I was sort of (laughs) falling behind, um, we're still um, doing the same sort of training and running, but I just didn't have the strength um, for a few years. So I was still very competitive, but yeah, definitely nowhere near the top um, bracket um, during
0: school really until kind of
1: maybe grade 12 when I started to catch back up.
0: Yeah, right. So let's, let's be a bit more specific with that Villanova running. I, I think they still, and they used to have two runners compete in the middle distance events. Is that correct? Like were you competing in those? Yeah, yeah. in those later years, in sort of year ten, eleven, twelve.
1: Yeah, so it was always I think two. So we had like a div A, div B for all your yeah your eights, 15s. and then there was just the one runner for the three k. Um, and I, I think I did that from grade ten. I was um the runner for Villanova, grades ten, eleven, twelve at ARC for the three thousand. Yeah, but I was always
0: for the three thousand. Yeah. Yeah, and how did you go with time with that? Were you sub sub nine at all? I don't think I
1: was sub nine during school. I, I think when I, I won AIC in grade 12 for the 3K, but I think I must have been like a 909. I might have dipped under at like state champs, but I don't think I did it as like running with the Villa Singlet.
0: But yeah, I was, I was pretty close, sort of around that nine minute mark um, during school. Yeah, it's it's crazy now what they're running. Um, I'm not sure if AOC has improved, but it's sort of like a sub 830 now in GPS running is yeah. is getting into that. You might have a couple, if if not three or four, close to that mark. It's just crazy now.
1: It is, yeah. There's some quick quick times going around. Uh, even like the 800, I think a lot of them are sort of low to mid 150s as well, um, sort of grade 12. So, yeah, which is which is exciting. Um, as well that sort of new new generation coming through but yeah i don't think we're running that quick when i was sort of going through school
0: yeah most definitely um so then post-school uh did you so you literally grow after school like have that kind of second uh puberty shall we call it where you get taller and a bit stronger and a bit more manly and uh and then did that lead to improvements do you think in your running
1: pretty much yeah i actually i remember um going to the gp and they sort of take your height and weight and i think i was actually getting a few centimeters up till about 22 um yeah so i was still still growing through uni um and i actually think as well because sort of once i finished school um i was i was running quite consistently for a couple of years but doing probably too much and then it kind of caught up with me and i had yeah a good 18 months where i was just getting bone injury after bone injury. And um, I think it was a little bit of a blessing um, during that time. It kind of let my body um, not use up all of its energy, trying to run all the time and actually put it towards growing um, and getting
0: a bit stronger. Um, so that's kind of where I, I caught up during those couple of years. Yeah. And who were you running with or, or getting coached by if anyone?
1: Yeah. So sort of, I think grade 11, um, was when I sort of took up running more seriously. I, um, I found a, a squad um, sort of near me. Um, his uh, The coach's name was Roy Rankin. So there was a couple of actually older Villa guys that I sort of got in touch with that were training under Roy. Um, so I sort of spoke with them and he was a, um, a middle distance coach. He'd actually coached um, Mitch Keely um, to the Beijing Olympics. Um, so he had had a lot of success. So I joined Roy's group end of, uh, grade 11. So I think that was 2013. Stayed with Roy um, basically up until 20, midway through 2019 was when I joined the Gold Coast. Um, but yeah, under, under Roy, I, I got a lot more more structured with my running, um, not kind of just going out for, for runs when I felt like it. It was kind of, there was a specific purpose for each kind of session um, and then getting used to those long runs on the Sunday as well. So that's when I really started to develop as as an athlete during those years, sort of at the end of school and then sort of through uni as well.
0: Yeah. And any idea of the Ks? You were running the late sort of year 11, 12 time and then into sort of the uh, 18, 19 years of age uh, running time?
1: Yeah, I I do think, well, I I know for a fact I was doing way too much um, (laughs) sort of end of school, yeah, start of uni. So... Um, I do think there are a few weeks where I was doing sort of 120 plus during um, grade 11 and 12. Wow. Um, it gets you fit quick um, at that age, but it definitely caught up um, sort of end of 2016. Um, so I would have been sort of 18, 19 was when I was starting to really break down. Um, I think my body as well, it was, it was trying to grow um, at that stage and I was just doing too much pounding on the um, the roads and yeah, I was getting a lot of a lot of stress injuries um, through my my lower extremities. Um, yeah, sort of 2016, 2017, 2018. So I had to,
0: to take a step back from running um, and and really just heal. Yeah, was that like shin splints, sort of medial shin splints, the inside of your legs, with those stresses?
1: Yeah, I had um, my first stress injury. I had a stress reaction in. Um, the the tibias so both of them i remember one of them was particularly bad and then when i got the mri they said it was actually about a 10 centimeter um length on my bones that was like grade two grade three stress reactions on either side so it did feel like i was actually walking on glass a lot of the time um and then i i've done a stress fracture in my fibula so sort of an unusual one to do because it's not super um weight bearing that bone um stress reaction on um like the ball of my feet um my foot as well um so i was in a boot for that and then yeah my most recent one was just a um yeah a broken toe um just yeah mid-session doing a monophyte like and it just literally cracked on me
0: really just running
1: yeah i was at uq and i went around the um the roundabout sort of near the track um and then just went yeah i couldn't walk after that and i was in a boot um for seven weeks no warning sign really it just yeah just went which was kind of a scary one and that's end of last year was it no that was end of 2020 yeah so end of 2020 and then into the start of 2021 yeah
0: yeah so do you think have these injuries been like directly a result as you've heard from running too many k's or has there been anything related to uh, footwear or orthotics or running technique
1: um, I think the ones earlier on my fibula and tibias that was just like training error, just doing too many K's um, probably too much hard running and, and not enough easy running. Like I, I now I definitely appreciate like recovery runs are recovery runs. Like you take them very easy to absorb those sessions. Um, whereas when I was a little bit younger, I was just, you know, so excited to go out for a run. I would just go too hard all the time. So that was definitely error. Um, the toe was an unusual one. Like I, like I said previously, like I didn't really have any, any warning or, or lead up to it that I could have kind of predicted or backed off that one. I honestly thought I must've just stepped like awkwardly and just, it just cracked, um, just like that. Um, and then, yeah, I've had sort of a few soft tissue ones as well. They're, they're a little bit harder to, to manage. Um, but yeah, it's kind of just. Sometimes it can just be you doing too many races um, too quickly and then it's always sort of a fine line between kind of doing a race and then getting back into training um, or sort of taking a little bit of time as well. So, yeah, still, I'm still learning now as well, like what my body can and can't handle.
0: Yeah, definitely. And So, no issues with like bone density or any uh, genetic things that have been passed through uh, causing those? Not that I know of. I did, I did think when I was getting
1: multiple um, bone injuries earlier on that I, I might have had bone density issues, but I had a scan a few years back and, and that was all fine. So that was just kind of training error, I think. Um, but now it's more just I'm getting a few sort of soft tissue niggles, I think, just from a lot of the hard running um, that I'm sort of just managing um, sort of all the time. There's not really a, a, a full week you get where you're kind of running pain-free, unfortunately. You're kind of just dealing with needles, um all the time. With, I, think, I think it just comes with the, um, the territory and the, and the volume of running that I kind of do.
0: Yeah, okay. So do you think sort of long-term you've sorted that out or do you think uh, it's sort of destined to happen here and there as you continue running? Um, no, it's going gonna, it's gonna to keep happening. Like I've had um,
1: osteitis pubis for the last 12 months basically um, from sunny coast half last October, I've sort of, I strained my adductor, um, around that time. And then, um, as a result of that, sort of all the muscles around my hip and pelvis were kind of, uh, compensating for that. And I developed osteitis pubis, which is not really a, um, a common running injury. Sort of see it a lot of the time with footballers, um, sort of that repetitive kicking action sort of tightens up your hip flexors, um, glutes, but, um, I've sort of been Managing that, it's sort of at the stage now where it's um, sort of 90%. I don't have to do too much maintenance, but earlier this year, it sort of got to the stage where it was quite debilitating. Like I was struggling to put pants on um, a lot of the time after runs because it was just everything was so tight. Um, It's, yeah, one of the most uncomfortable injuries I've I've definitely had.
0: Yeah, for sure. So any specific like weight training or uh, hill running or anything like that? Uh, to improve the situation going forward?
1: Um, so I've been working closely with my physio for the last sort of 12 months and he's just given me a lot of um, resistance band work. So I'll just do heaps of like crab walks, um, like glute activation exercises, hip thrusts. Um, it's basically just strengthening everything that attaches to the hip pelvis and just making it all stronger um, so for the first sort of three or four months, I didn't really see any improvement. Um, and they did talk about surgery as well. You can kind of nick the ends of your tendons and then they, they regrow back. That's kind of a last resort, but I didn't want um, anything to do with that. So I was just trying my best to, to keep up with the exercises and then sort of after about four or five months, I sort of started to see some improvement um, and I had to adapt a bit of my training as well. Um, I wasn't able to do sort of any hill training, um, sort of from end of last year, early this year, just because the up and down, uh, would kind of flare things up. So I was kind of just doing a lot of my running on the flats. Um, and then even now as well, I'm still a little bit reluctant to go back into sort of Daisy Hill forest and do yeah. a lot of trail work while I'm, while I'm racing. Cause I just don't want it to sort of flare up again.
0: Yeah. You weren't too worried about which risen then?
1: Um, I was a little bit, I was, yeah, definitely worried about the downhill. Um, it did sort of knock my legs around a bit. Like my adductors earlier this week where I could definitely tell that they've, they've worked quite hard. Um, but yeah, it's not too bad. Like it doesn't get anywhere near the stage that it was earlier this year, but I've always got to be sort of mindful as well. And then around planning next races, like I, I wouldn't have been able to back up sort of this weekend or probably next weekend if I had anything on the running calendar.
0: Yeah, it's something to deal with, right? Like we hear so much about the benefits of running hills in the training, uh, but with you battling that and and trying to do a bit of it, but not too much must be a little bit frustrating. But in terms of that strength work, how many times sort of through the week are you doing that? And then uh, if we get into your training week with running, how does that look Monday to Sunday with that strength stuff?
1: Um, so fortunately it's not, it's not too strenuous, the actual strength work I do. Like I, I pretty much do it sort of every night. I kind of just get into a routine when I come home from work, it sort of only takes about half an hour from, from start to finish. Um, a lot of just body weight work I can kind of just do in the lounge room while watching TV. So like squats, crab walks, um, yeah, hip thrust, calf raises. Um, so I can kind of do that, um, as frequently as I like and, and kind of just run normally. Um, so yeah I've I've kept that up um, even though now it's still it's still quite good Um, and then a normal running week so yeah like we said before Sunday is always the the long run um, sort of up to two hours Monday as well I sort of try to do anywhere between um, 15 to 18k so that can kind of be 65 to 80 minutes really Um, I usually just do that at the spit um, down the coast sort of keep on the the softer trails there just for an easy Monday um, Tuesdays as well. Um, it can kind of vary um, a little bit earlier in the year. We were doing a bit of track work on the Tuesdays. Um, so that could have uh, been sort of 1k, 2k reps or some miles, um, a little bit of faster stuff. So three or 400s as well. Um, usually covering anywhere from sort of six to nine or 10 Ks for work and um, Wednesday, oh, and then I'll, I'll do a double as well on, on Tuesdays. Um, so sort of cover 25 to 30 Ks on that Tuesday. Um, Wednesdays is always a, a long run. So if I'm not racing on the weekend, I'll, I'll do 90 minutes. So generally that's about sort of 20 Ks for 4-minute 30s. Um, Thursdays as well, if we haven't done a track session on the Tuesday, it will generally be a bit of fartlek um, or some tempo work and a little bit of fartlek in between um so that can be kind of like a 12 14 minute tempo some 30 second on offs and then another sort of 12 14 minute tempo um so that's sort of covering um like 10 to 12 k's of of volume um i know normally our training group they sort of do hills at, at burley but yeah just with my adductors i kind of steer clear of that um well, so where's and that then at yeah another know, another ah uh, it is so while I was um, living in Brisbane and then working down the coast, I was fortunate enough to, to work a day from home. So, um, Thursdays was usually my day where I'd stay in Brisbane, um, and sort of go to QSAC or or UQ and just run, sort of run on the roads there. Um, yeah. And then another sort of double in the afternoon, sort of 35 minutes and another sort of eight or nine Ks. Um, Fridays another chill day sort of in between um, the Thursday and Saturday sessions. So that can be um, 14 to sort of 17, 18 Ks. Um, I try to keep Fridays very, very, um, very easy. So I can sometimes I don't think I dipped much below five minute Ks if I'm really fatigued, um, particularly the sort of back end of a work week as well. I always find, yeah, Friday I'm, I'm usually pretty tired and, and ready for the weekend. Um, and then Saturdays, um, again, it can be another track workout or, um, or like a longer yeah. threshold, um, our training group. Through winter, we like to get to um, to Kumbaba, um, sort of the north side of the Gold Coast. There's a nice trail there and we sort of do about a 30, 35-minute threshold and then maybe some fire like after that. Um, and then another double in the afternoon on Saturday and then the Sunday long run. So generally a... Um, standard training week can be sort of 150 to 170 k's
0: yeah right it's very few k's is that is there any hills in that koomba session on saturday was that pretty flat through there
1: no that's all flat yeah, yeah that's
0: and I, I see that's the go-to like gravel for the gold coast runners. So say it's it's been referred to as a concrete jungle down there at times struggling to find any local trails that's definitely a place to be it is, yeah, and it's a nice wide track as well. It's quite firm, like it's
1: not a loose gravel, so you can actually run quite quickly in there. Um, like if you wanted to, you could put some carbon shoes on and it doesn't really do too much damage. Yeah, right. so, It's a bit the only than, the Yeah, the only – it is a little bit, yeah, not not that sort of texture. Like sometimes the rocks are a little bit bigger, um, but you could, you could comfortably do – like our group will do um, sort of low 250s for 1K reps through there.
0: Hey, um, with your program uh, through the week, is that designed by Jack Snellier, Gold Coast run co founder?
1: Yes, yeah, Jacko will um will come up with the sessions each week and and sort of send us um those. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and how is he how is that communicated? Has he got some kind of app now these days, or is it just through um email? No, it's it's not quite like that. We do have like a training um
1: page on on Facebook that sort of all of us involved in the the Gold Coast Run Co um, can kind of just join. Uh, but he's he's sort of in charge of the high-performance squad. Um, so that's like um, Tim, Louie, and, and the other guys sort of competing at that level as well. So he'll kind of just send it through um, like group chats. Um, but then a lot of the time, like Saturdays, like sometimes he might let us know what we're doing sort of the day before. Um, otherwise, we can often just rock up knowing we have like a track session but not exactly sure exactly what it is um which can kind of be refreshing and then you're not really thinking about it too much and overthinking it um but yeah he'll he'll sort of send through the sessions like that
0: oh it's excellent it seems like a lot of you are on the same sort of pathway like uh with tim vincent and the halves kind of being the the target with the 10ks along the way is that sort of accurate uh to describe it like that
1: yeah, I think so. Like definitely in the last couple of years, um, like Tim, myself and Louie have definitely um, gone the way of that 10K half marathon. And then even Louis now, he's doing um, sort of marathon work as well. Um, I think we all kind of just enjoyed um, those sort of sessions and then kind of just found that that's kind of where our strength, um, strength lay um, in that longer stuff. So um, it's kind of been nice as well um developing and training with those guys doing similar workouts and sort of progressing through the 10k and halves.
0: Yeah, I was going to say like yeah, surely there's a part of you that really credits your improvement to uh, obviously um Jack Elliot, but also those guys around you like Tim. Has that really helped particularly on the sessions?
1: It does, yeah, cuz it's it's nice as well like particularly on the Saturdays when we generally train together. Um, it's sort of rare when everyone's kind of firing and, and ready to go. So you can kind of, there will at least be one of us that will be feeling good and you can kind of latch on and, and sort of train together and put your head down and, and work through that. Um, but as well, it's, it's just nice rocking up on, on races, whether it be sort of local ones or interstate and having, you know, a familiar face standing right beside you wearing that same singlet as well. It's, it's pretty special.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's not dissimilar to even the recreational runners, hey, who uh, may at times train on the track or in sessions with their uh, running mates and to push each other along. Is that definitely something you you recommend for those uh, slower or quicker runners to improve, to really get a good group around you to push you along? I
1: definitely think so. Um, Like regardless of your, your ability or distance, just having people around you um, to kind of push you and for motivation as well. Um, like I struggle getting up and sort of doing sessions on my own. So whereas when I'm training with the group, like I know I'm a little bit more accountable to, to show up, um, and kind of put in the work. So I can definitely recommend that for anyone, um, that's running or trying to get into running, find, find a local group and and sort of get involved. And it, it's sort of, it's satisfying as well, being able to, to push yourself, um, with others. And then, you know, you go have a coffee or breakfast after it and kind of, kind of talk about that. It's,
0: it's definitely a a nice bonding session as well. Oh, it's excellent. And with those sessions too, is there, in terms of like you're targeting a 10 K and half marathon distance, how, how short do you go in those particular sessions? And is there a lot of variety? Um, like I'm seeing out there, and even with myself, um, I'm self coached essentially, like, and I, I do it every Tuesday, I just sort of mix it up every week. Um, not r- Obviously with an overall plan to improve that for me about a 10K or a half as well, but uh, just mixing it up between like sort of even 200 reps through to 2K reps. Where, where does the distance sort of lie for you guys and how much does it vary week to week? Yeah,
1: that's definitely a great way to approach it. Um, there's a lot of variety as well. Like it's not just a matter of going out and trying to replicate you know, running a hard five or a 10 K each session and trying to get faster each week like that. Um, there's definitely merit in doing those shorter distances as well. Um, so if you're doing sort of two, three, 400 meter reps running a lot quicker than your goal 10 K time, because then when you jump into a longer one K or a two K rep, um, at that, at that pace, it does feel a lot easier. Um, so I'm definitely one to, to think like that. Um, if I can run, like a, a two thirty minute K or a 30 second 200 and that doesn't feel too bad. Then if I go to a three minute um, kilometer pace for a half marathon, like it's going to feel a lot easier. Whereas if that was my, you know, fastest pace that I could run, I'm essentially, you know, redlining an hour run at three minute K's. So yeah, it's a, it's a good way to do it and it does break it up as well. Um, like a lot of the time we'll, we might do, sort of a couple of mile reps um, and then jump back down to 300s or 400s and then go back to that longer stuff at the end. And you definitely feel like it's a lot easier um, after you've run a little bit quicker.
0: Yeah, okay. And do you often uh, leave it as well with some shorter reps? Say it might be some K reps or even longer and then finish with some hard two, threes or fours as well? Yeah, most of the time it is.
1: Um, We'll sort of finish with that faster stuff or then maybe just jump back and do like a a 2K at the end um, a little bit quicker than we were starting. Um, So it might be sort of 10K um, pace at the start, do a mixture of 300s, 400s at sort of 64-second 400 pace um, and then jump back and do sort of 68-second laps at the end. Um, But then even as well during the week when we do um, fartleks or thresholds we might do a 30 minute threshold and then sort of a five minute fartlek of 30 seconds fast 30 seconds easy so there's always yeah always a little bit of faster running is as well in there
0: yeah okay and we, within that group environment when you do train with them is there times where you almost um push yourself beyond your limits to keep up with someone in that group uh, and sort of put aside the splits that you want to run in order to actually kind of have that progressive overload and really push the limits? Um, there's probably times where
1: that's the case. Um, but I think as a whole, our group's pretty good at, at running sort of within ourselves and, and kind of recognizing if someone's feeling really great that morning and you're not like, you don't have to, to sort of use up all your, um your fuel just to keep up. Like it's, it's not a race. Um, you're not going to sort of gain anything from, you know, burying yourself for that that one session or one rep um but there is times as well like if i'm not feeling great and tim and louis um are and trying to keep up um for some 1k reps like it it does help trying to push yourself that little bit more and and kind yeah. of replicating what you're going to go through in a race like there's stages in the race like even last weekend where i wasn't feeling great but you kind of just have to rely on the training you've done and, and
0: push hard yeah, so we we even like cut out a few. So let's say the other guys do six one K reps. Will you ever sort of say, well, agree? I'll do, I'll do four reps, but or vice versa, those guys to you and just cut it short at four, but keep up with each other. Uh, not a lot of the time. Um, sometimes
1: it's almost the other way around. It's like um, I might do like six to eight reps, and then some of the younger guys. Um, we'll do like the four or six and sort of keep up and and sort of push the pace as well. So it's, it's nice having some of those guys as well. That can um, take some of the pacing. Um, But yeah, very rarely will we kind of um, do a lot of variety, particularly Tim, Louis and myself, because we're doing sort of similar distances. We won't vary it, vary it too much um, unless for whatever reason, if we're a little bit niggly or, or carrying something, we might sort of pull it and do slightly different sessions.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, speaking of the fast stuff, what, are you, what shoes are you wearing in the sessions, but then also for your slower runs? You said you're running as slow as five minute Ks at times. What what footwear what, have you got on for that stuff? Um, so I, I do
1: sort of my longer runs, sometimes in my Zoom flies. Um, I kind of just find them like quite chill. Like I don't do any sessions in those Um, I do have a couple of pairs of like the Brooks glycerins. They're very spongy. Um, they're very good at sort of slowing you down as well. I kind of put those on sometimes as well for a double, um, in the afternoon after a hard morning session, just to make sure I'm actually really slowing it down. Um, and then for the sessions, um, I've been using the actual, the, the Asics Metaskies, um, sort of a low profile carbon shoe. I'm really enjoying those ones. They feel very responsive on the road and on the track. Um, a little bit lower profile than your, um, your Nike Vaporfly. So sort of changing pace, I find those are a little bit more um, forgiving. Um, whereas the the Vaporfly, sometimes you kind of sit in that one, one pace and then you're kind of locked in, um, so to speak. And it's a little bit hard to kind of turn it on or run a bit quicker.
0: Yes. When you say low profile, is that literally it's a lower shoe or is that the heel or toe offset?
1: Uh, a little bit of both. Cause I, I know the, the vapor flies, they've sort of got close to a, a 40 mil stack. So there's about four centimeters worth of foam in the heel. Um, whereas I think the, the ASICS ones, it might be about um, sort of 30 mil. So it doesn't sound like much, but when you sort of put them side by side, um, it does, you do notice the difference. Um, I think the, the ASICS ones as well, they're a little bit, flatter so there's not much of a drop from heel to toe it might only be sort of six mils whereas the the nike ones i think they might be sort of eight to ten even
0: yeah yeah so um you're definitely enjoying that sort of flatter shoe because like a lot of runners now even the rec runners are getting into uh the nikes with the with the higher profile Mm
1: -hmm. yeah um because i know even sort of five years ago the the nike uh, the streets were kind of um, what the the vapor flies or the alpha flies are today, like they were sort of the opposite end of the spectrum. They were very low profile close to the ground and sort of you know zero or two mil drops um, similar to a kind of like a racing spike. Um, but I definitely feel that the the carbon shoes and that that cushioning in the the heel um, definitely helps you both during the race, keep your form, and then from a recovery perspective mm. as well. Like, I don't know how I would have pulled up on the weekend if I had to wear streak flies <laughs> running down the gateway bridge, I don't oh, think I'd for be... sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you wonder, though, it's affecting week. the strength of runners, particularly through the carbs and for, uh, yeah, just that strength on the longer runs?
1: I do think so um, because they do tend to help um, hold your running form. And even now I'm seeing a lot more, um, runners, not just sort of at the higher level, but just recreational runners getting a lot of lower back or even sacrum stress reactions or fractures. Um, because when you are running in carbon shoes all the time and you are fatigued sort of towards the end of a long run or a race, you do tend to sit back a little bit and put a lot more pressure through your lower back. Um, and then as well, like glute injuries, um, your glutes kind of, you, you don't realize it, but sometimes they're not actually being activated or switched on um, and it's sort of you just doing a lot of you running through your hamstrings and quads so um, yeah it's it's a tricky one like it's sort of um, helped relieve some injuries but it's kind of brought forward different types of running injuries these carbon shoes
0: yeah most definitely and what about like the the marathon for example in australia obviously around the fact that Uh, that time and the runners out there uh, and Louis now one of them, Louis McAfee, running towards improving his time. How that that record for Australia hasn't been lessened in years and years. Do you think um, that footwear, obviously it's improved times out there, but perhaps has decreased that strength along with other things. The biggest thing I can think of is through the year, we're probably racing more and doing lots of different distances with the training and races as well. So that specificity, and also I think maybe hills, less hills these days. What do you think you you put that down to, that marathon time for the men specifically I'm talking about not lessening so much recently? Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, I think it's
1: sort of a a combination of a few things. I definitely think um, the carbon shoes have uh, maybe sort of displaced some runners' focus on doing sort of strength work um, because you don't, tend to use those muscles as much towards the back end of a race. Like I, I remember watching sort of the London Olympics. Um, I think it was, um, Galen Rutt was running the, the streak, um, the zoom streaks and, and watching those guys get sort of calf cramps towards the back end of the run because their calves are just working overtime a lot of the time. Um, so they've obviously had to have done a lot of, you know, strength work in those areas, but now with the, Um, the introduction of those carbon shoes you don't necessarily feel that Um, but as well like the carbon shoes you only sort of get out what you put in Um, Mm -hmm. so if you're running normally you might get sort of 60 or 70 percent of your energy return um, through the ground you obviously lose a lot through you know friction and gravity Um, and the carbon shoes they might give you back an extra few percent but when you're running 180 steps a minute over that marathon it does make a difference um but yeah i'm not too sure why the um the marathon record sort of stands to this day i know um basically most of the the men's distances from you know 800 up to the the half marathon have have been bettered the last 5 years um whereas the marathon one's still standing um, even after a couple of decades, so it's 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 a tough one. But I think that one will definitely go um, within the next couple of years. Just watching um, the boom in Australian distance running at the moment.
0: Or oh, any names you want to throw out there, Louis McAfee?
1: <laughs> <laughs> that would be unreal if he did. I know he's he's working towards a uh, a marathon in December overseas. So yeah, who knows? He, he's he's running well at the moment, so he's got a another another good training block. Um, ahead of him. So, yeah, who knows what he can do. But yeah, it'll be be awesome to see um, any Aussie really run quick um, and break that record.
0: Yeah, Jack are in there still. Uh, and Stewie McSwain improving a lot at the short stuff. Had a 1256. I think. Six, yeah. Uh, 5,000 just the other day. Um, and yep. he, had, he had a crack actually at a half in the last year or so. It kind of went on the down low. I think I heard it listening to the Inside Running podcast Um, and he he, he said he went pretty well, I think, from memory to about um, 17K. But I wonder guys Mm. like him too, um, Ollie Hoare and those guys on the track, if they'll consider converting at some point in their older age? Because, you know, they're sort of uh, similar age to you, aren't they, as well? Yeah, I used to race Ollie through primary school,
1: cross country. Um, He was New South Wales, yeah, and I was Queensland. I think I saw some some old photos pop up, um, from sort of grade eight and nine. Yeah. He was sort of in the, in the mix there. Um, but yeah, I definitely think, um, like it's a bit of a trend sort of middle distance guys, um, cause they peak a little bit earlier. I think, um, they'll sort of have success earlier on and then step up to those distance races. So yeah, I definitely think Stewie for one, he, he might sort of jump to that 10 K and then sort of half distance at some point, I imagine. Um, and then, yeah, it's sort of scary to think how quick he could run um, watching him over the sort of the three 5K distances as well.
0: Yeah, well, he's got such great range too, doesn't he? I find that a lot of runners these days do. And, and again, that may be the issue towards that that marathon, uh, particularly with the Aussie men's. It's uh, De Castilla, isn't it? Still got it uh, at about 2.08, high 2.08 or something like that? Yeah, I think so.
1: Yeah, sort of high 2.08s. Yeah, which is crazy now because you don't see too many international races sort of won in those
0: those times. No, yeah, sub-210. Um, we've got a few obviously now sub-215. Hopefully, Louis McAfee's heading that direction. Um, but yep. what about you, mate, in terms of uh, the 10 and the half and even the marathon moving forward? What are your plans in the next six months to a year? Obviously, we're now approaching the off-season. Uh, for some, there's the opportunity to race on the track through Queensland athletics as a Queenslander. Are you going to get involved in that scene this year or are you training now in a bigger block for a half or even a marathon in a couple of years time? Yeah. I haven't sort of thought
1: too much about it um, just because there's so much racing still going at the moment. Um, I know I'll do a few more road races um, probably up until October, November this year. Um, I'll see if I can squeeze in a few of the, the longer track races, um, on the local, um, domestic calendar. Um, the Zadapec one, I think will be pushed to its normal December time slot again. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be sort of the big 10 K that we'll be focusing on once these road races are out of the way. Um, but I was, yeah, I was talking to Tim a few weeks back and I think we'd definitely be keen to, um, to follow Louis steps and, and give the marathon a good crack um probably the next twelve months. Um oh, wow. could be yeah, sort of um watching Louis smash the Gold Coast one. I think it would be kind of special if I I did the um the Gold Coast marathon, whether it's next year or um, you know, the year after. But yeah, the the marathon now it's sort of it's coming on the radar. Um I didn't really think about it like twelve months ago I wouldn't have even thought about it. But doing so many halves and, and finding a little bit of success there i would love to sort of challenge myself and and double that and, and do the marathon
0: yes what what will train look like then the next sort of well for the remainder of this year then to cater for um the possibility of a half or marathon and, and when will that decision be made will it be made yeah. just prior to the new year getting ready before christmas time we training or do you think it'll be a decision made in 2023 yeah, I think
1: 2023, um, like I'll, I'll continue um, sort of the status quo at the moment um, in terms of volume and the types of sessions that I'm doing um, just because there'll be a lot of 10K and halves. And then as well, it will be a little bit of a, an easier transition down to those 5K track races as well um, to do some of the faster stuff. Um, but yeah, definitely after New Year, I think um, I tend to go to like Falls Creek or a training camp um, and escape the the Queensland summer at that time. I might sort of sit down and have a think about what I want to do um, next year, um, whether it's sort of tackling a a marathon on our domestic running scene or um, heading overseas and maybe doing one sort of the back end of next year.
0: That's really exciting. Big news. Heard it here first on the local Legends <laughs> podcast marathon. and um. And possibly Tim Vincent there as well, your training mate from the Gold Coast Runco. So that's exciting. Can we put your name to the any of the Queensland Athletics champs, like the three, five, or ten thousand meter champs? Will you be any of those uh, this year or early into next?
1: Um, I'm not too sure. Like I'm going down to to Melbourne to do the half um, first weekend of week, weekend of October, which I think is the second, and then I think we've got our ten k champs six days after. So um i'll sort of see i'd I'd like to do the the queensland 10k um it really just be how i pull up after melbourne the 5k it might be a little bit easier because i don't think there's too much going on in november um so that one might be able to to sort of pencil that one in and, and kind of work um towards that and it's usually a nice one as well after the the noosa bolt having done a 5k there sort of end of october you can kind of continue with that same training and do another 5k a couple of weeks later.
0: Excellent. So we, we will, we, we will see you at the Nusa Bolt then.
1: Yeah, I'll be there. Yeah. It's
0: always a fun one. That one. Excellent. Hey, one last question before we get into the, uh, the quick questions at the end there. So in terms of you though, for improvement, what, what do you think you need to improve on? And do you think specifically that will be for the marathon or is there any um anything around speed or technique or strength, anything you can specify uh, for us you think you need to develop moving forward?
1: Uh, it'll definitely be the speed work. Um, with the adductors, the hills and faster running were two of the triggers that kind of set it off. Um, so I wasn't able to do a lot of faster running earlier in the year when it was at its worst. Um, so now that I'm sort of on top of that, um touch wood um, I'll definitely be introducing a bit more faster track work um, into my program which will which will help with the 10k and halves and making those um, times and distances feel a little bit easier when I'm running sort of sub three minute k's Um, I'd love to do a bit more heel work as well um, once the adductors are settled down particularly over summer um, when I'm maybe not doing as much volume with the shorter track
0: um, work but yeah essentially just keeping up what I'm doing Excellent. No, I think that will definitely put you in good stead moving forward. So let's get into these questions though. seems to be both of us reconnecting things here. I'm whacking my charger in.
1: <sighs> and I'm just turning the light on it. was getting quite dark.
0: Okay. Uh, ready to go? Yeah. All good. So you've, you've, you may have heard of these on the previous episodes, um, designed mm-hmm. to be responded to as short as possible. <laughs> yep. Okay. Uh, biggest running idle.
1: Uh, growing up, it was Craig Mottram. Um, I remember just watching him against all the, the African runners, um, and I thought that was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, it was, it was Craig Mottram,
0: awesome. Hey, um, in terms of the haircut, who cuts your hair? Uh,
1: just the local down at Karina. Um, yeah, fresh cut this week actually.
0: It's getting any, a bit long. Any any shout out for that particular barber? Or, hey, uh, it's just
1: yeah, Karina, Karina Barber's. Karina Barber's.
0: Yeah. Okay, favorite type of run in the week, if you could pick a speed session, a easy run or a long run, whatever it may be, any that you could pick?
1: Um, it's probably the Saturday session. Um, whenever we're at Kumba Bar doing 1K reps, that's definitely my favorite. Um, and then just having the group there as well. Um, but yeah, probably the Saturday sort of track session or 1K reps.
0: Yeah, yeah. You're definitely young, I think, doing the speed work uh, and enjoying it thoroughly is a young man's thing. I tend to enjoy the long <laughs> run these days, being into my mid-30s. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> what's your favourite race, mate, on the calendar year um, that features year in, year out in the running season? Um, it would have to be the, the Gold Coast one.
1: Um, yeah, just like growing up in Brisbane and then I had grandparents living down the coast and having them sort of watch me growing up as well um and just the course and the atmosphere and the atmosphere that was always a big one um and then when it was sort of cancelled the last couple of years that was yeah it was very very hard to sort of find motivation to run through that july period with not having the gold coast marathon there
0: yeah excellent hey i had a question here about your proudest running achievement before you won bridge to brisbane would that be now the proudest running achievement for liam
1: uh it definitely would be um I know watching Tim win it last year, um how special it was for him, and I sort of just put my head down for the next twelve months, and I really wanted it um I definitely think i I sort of found something extra on the weekend, just um just purely out of desperation and wanting to to finally win it, but that was definitely the
0: yeah the top
1: one winning the bridge to brisbane
0: okay, biggest running rival would that be Tim Vincent? <laughs> <laughs> it probably is to
1: be honest um we do a lot of the same um sessions and even same events um yeah he's one of my best mates but yeah um definitely probably my biggest rival as well with we've, we've kind of gone back and forth um in terms of like placings he's definitely got the wood over me of late um but hopefully i'll continue to approve and um maybe even the ledger soon
0: Excellent. Hey, uh, if you could pinpoint one thing as to why you run, is the competition that drives you for running?
1: Um, probably not so much the competition. That's definitely a big aspect of it. Um, it's more just the personal satisfaction of competing um, or completing a hard session. Um, I find it really rewarding being able to to push yourself um, during a session and then sort of finishing it and then looking back and going, that was, that was pretty cool. Um, or looking back at, at the same session you did, um, a couple of months ago and and noticing that improvement. So for me, it's, yeah, it's just being able to, to push yourself and, and seeing those improvements and running is definitely one of those sports where you can actually sort of look at, you know, times or splits and see that improvement. So it's kind of easy to compare previous performances.
0: Excellent. Yeah, I really like that. Um, hey, what's your strength do you think out there on the uh, the roads or the track that you rely on when things get tough, like Bridge to Brisbane there at the end? Anything that you can think about as a strength?
1: Um, I'd like to think maybe my headspace and just being uh, like headstrong. Um, yeah, like I've had a, a few setbacks um, personally and, and over like running-wise as well, just dealing with, some some major injuries growing up um so I definitely feel like I'm I'm quite headstrong and and can kind of push myself um to places where maybe some people won't or I just find that I can find something extra when I need to um and then just from like a training perspective as well I've always been um very motivated and and didn't really struggle so much to to get up and and want to run Um, I'm lucky that I just like even now i I love it as much as the first time i rocked up to little a's so um, i definitely think that that's a strength that i can kind of draw on um if things aren't going well i'm always super motivated to improve
0: excellent I, i did unfortunately see the passing of your father a few years ago so what what would he be really proud of you these days with your running
1: um i think just just sticking at it um Dad was always the one taking me to and from training or when I was younger, sort of taking me um, domestically when I was doing travel. Um, Dad, he was never, like, pushy. He was always super supportive and and didn't interfere. He just wanted me to have a great time um, with my mates and just continue to love it. So I think if, um, you know, Dad was watching on the weekend, he would have just loved seeing me, you know, cross the line. It didn't have to be first. It could have been, you know... 10 minutes back but just running with a smile on my face he would have just loved that so yeah he's he's definitely a big part of why why i first started
0: running and why i continue to run now oh that's awesome and sorry to hear that news uh and to bring it up like that but it seems like he's definitely pushing you hey one last question i'll give you a license to talk a bit longer if you like what do you think is the way forward for athletics or road running the road running scene out there in brisbane and queensland Um, I'd probably like to see a little bit more, not so much communication
1: between the events, but just a little bit more organization around the running calendar. I know, um, sometimes Queensland, I feel maybe not so much now, but a few years back, it was definitely neglected, um, from the Southern States in Victoria and New South Wales, they sort of dominated the running scene. Um, and the Queensland events sort of always clashed with those ones down South. So there was always a bit of a dilemma of, of staying locally and running here with maybe not so much competition or, or heading down and, and flying to Melbourne or Sydney and racing there. Um, but I think from a whole, um, like looking at the last sort of couple of weeks in particular, like when we did our Sunshine Coast run, um, that sort of doubled as our Australian half marathon champs and then having City to surf on the same weekend. Um, I know there's sort of two different running bodies that are looking after that, but it would have been nice to maybe split those up and having the opportunity to race in both and not um, sort of dissolving the fields in those ones. Um, And then maybe just a little bit more... um, time or um organization in actually putting out the running calendar like even um the queensland athletics one even though they've sort of they've gone out now and put out their sort of first part of the summer calendar like for us guys that are um training and competing quite regularly it's not a lot of time for four or five weeks to kind of pencil in a 10k on the track um when you've kind of got commitments elsewhere or you've, you've looked ahead and thought I'm going to race in this one and then suddenly you've, you're wanting to race a 10K on the track but it's just you just physically can't put it in. Um, so it would be nice if there was a little bit more forethought there or um, yeah, maybe even just some communication with the athletes as to when or um, like those races are best suited.
0: That's oh, great feedback. I was thinking also of cross country as you were talking too about how like for years and to this day, it's quite strong down in Victoria, particularly, um, and New South Wales, but particularly Victoria. Do you think that scene as well is an avenue to to rope more people into or just kind of um, recognise and improve that cross-country scene around Brisbane and Queensland?
1: Yeah, definitely. That's a, that's a very good point, actually. Um, I know Melbourne um, or Victorian athletics, they've got a very strong cross-country program. Um, they'll sort of do eight or nine rounds at various locations and they always pull in some very good runners and just the depth as well. Like they'll have, um, you know, close to a hundred runners in just a a Saturday cross country meet. Um, and just, yeah, that, that definitely helps promote the sport at the the top level as well, but also, um, all your recreational runners, just being able to mingle with those guys and, and socialize as well. It's, It's a massive part of running. Um, and one that I, I, I really love so for Queensland in particular I think um particularly over the winter like I think we've got the best winter in the country we don't get you know those stupid cold conditions like um Melbourne or Sydney sometimes does so if there was a um yeah proper cross-country schedule it would definitely encourage um a lot more competition and then a lot more of those recreational runners as well um because I find um like even speaking with a lot of Um, recreational runners or or just colleagues at work as well that are trying to get into running. It can be quite daunting um, if you're just rocking up and there's, you know, super competitive guys and girls out there. But if there's a heap of people that are just having a crack, it definitely does encourage those people to come out as well and just have a go.
0: Uh, Excellent. I appreciate that feedback and honesty too. Uh, And hopefully someone out there from athletics uh, as a staff member or two are listening to your feedback from someone who won the bridge to Brisbane, we should be listening <laughs> uh, to that feedback, I think. And uh, yeah, I appreciate your time on here. We've had some issues with the internet cutting in and out uh-huh. and we've been trying to work out whose internet it was. I think it was mine. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so appreciate you logging in and out of Zoom to um, provide some feedback on your running, particularly by the fact that Brisbane knows you a bit better now as the bridge to Brisbane winner and some insights into the Gold Coast run come the training you're doing there. And um, you are still in your mid-20s, so we do look forward to, particularly around what you mentioned with that marathon, that's super exciting uh, to hear um, on here as well. So I I wish you luck with that training too. And if we call it the off-season for road racing, um, to get those miles up and, yeah, Macy out at a um, QA athletics meet in the next sort of months. Definitely.
1: Yes, for sure. No, it's been an absolute pleasure being on Ollie. Um, Thank you for inviting me on as well. Um, yeah. It's, it's rare that you can kind of sit down and, and have a good chat over running. There's not a lot of people um, even at work that, that sort of know the ins and outs of running. So yeah, it's, it's nice and, and refreshing to be able to sit down and, and talk about carbon shoes and, and racing. So yeah, it's been awesome.
0: Yeah, that's why I do it. I love talking about it <laughs> and why not document it from uh, some exactly. of those who love it the most. Whether they're as fast as Liam, uh, I didn't actually ask you how to pronounce your surname. Is it Bowden, Bowden or Boudin?
1: Uh, The third one, Bowden.
0: Yeah, from Liam Bowden. We appreciate uh, advice from the top. And um, yeah, I'll put this out hopefully uh, tonight for listeners to uh, get a hold of and, and spread the word, hey? Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much, Ellie. Thanks very much, Liam. Have a great night, eh? Hey?
1: You too. And all the best with your running. And um, yeah, definitely catch up if I'm at a, at a QA meet or just, yeah, reach out. And if you want to go for a long run, I'm, I'm definitely out for that one.
0: Oh, legend. I just want to drop that five-minute gap in the 10K to four, hopefully, in the next year. I'll see how I go. <laughs>